0: What's up? This is Jonathan Smith, your host here at Shooting the Schmidt. I hope you're having a fantastic day. It's your NFL edition of the Shooting the Schmidt Sports Podcast. It's a loaded show. A lot of points scored on Sunday. Some disappointing games. Some surprising outcomes as well. It's a loaded podcast. You don't want to miss it. I'm so glad you're here. Here we go. go. NFL week three. It was nothing but pure entertainment the whole way through the Monday night football games. One of them was great. The other one wasn't great. You know, I've been talking to people about that. You know, do you like, do you like having, you know, the multiple Monday night football games? And a lot of people have said, no, I just want one game. I don't like how they overlap, all that kind of stuff. I like having two because of what happened last night. Bucks, Eagles wasn't close. Kind of knew it wasn't going to be close but then Rams Bengals comes on later fantastic game watched it you know till about you know 4 minutes left in the fourth quarter when it was pretty clear that the Bengals had that thing sealed up anyway let's talk about Sunday the dolphins got to be the lead story they're the biggest story in sports it's tuesday and ESPN is still running stuff on the Miami Dolphins and how they violated the Denver Broncos on sunday and look if you know me i am a huge Miami Dolphins fan. Okay. I recently got married and I have slowly indoctrinated my wife into the Dolphins fandom. Okay. So, in an effort on Sunday to get her more interested in the game, I reached out to some of our other newlywed friends and invited them to watch the game with us. You know, just, just trying to be a good husband. You know, these are my wife's friends. I don't know them as well as she knows them. She went to college with both of them. They go way back. You know, I met them through her. Right. So, try, trying to be a good guy here. Invited them to watch the game with us, not because they're Dolphins fans, but because they're Bronco fans. And, you know, me and, you know, the guy that we were watching the game with, the other husband, and we were talking before the game. We're like, oh, like, it should be a good game. You know, like, the Broncos coming in, number one touchdown rate in the league. Dolphins coming in, number three touchdown rate in the league. Like, there should be a lot of points scored here. And then, yeah, it wasn't close, okay? What proceeded over the next three and a half hours it's probably my favorite football viewing experience ever. Okay, like there's nothing like watching a team, watching correction, watching your favorite team who's been bad your entire life go nuclear the way that they did on Sunday. Okay? It was touchdown after touchdown, big play after big play. I mean Miami, they just they did everything perfectly on offense. And I sat there trying not to be that obnoxious fan Okay, I lied at one point and was like, man, I really hope the Dolphins will just run out the clock. But I, I'm not going to lie to you. I want them to set the record. I wanted them to win by 100. Okay, they looked incredible. Devon A-Chain, third-round pick out of Texas A&M, adds to the already ridiculous speed that this Miami Dolphins team has. Okay, And if the league wasn't on notice before, they are fully aware of who these Miami Dolphins are now. Okay, This team is for real. And I have spent moments since the final whistle blew trying not to get my hopes up really high about what this Miami Dolphins team is and what this Miami Dolphins team can be. And I'll be honest, I failed. I failed. We're going to compare in the next segment the Kansas City Chiefs and the Miami Dolphins because I I do think that those are the two best teams in the AFC, even though Dolphins are underdogs this Sunday against the Bills. That's going to be a great game. But for the first time in my life, my favorite NFL football team could actually win the Super Bowl. I like it's not like a dream anymore. Okay, the Miami Dolphins—they're functional and they are good. They've got a great head coach. The quarterback Tua—he seems to get better and better every single week. Started 16 of 16 passing in this game. I mean, he's he's an MVP candidate, right? I mean, it's been nothing but awesome to watch Miami Dolphins—the best story in the NFL through the first three weeks. <laughs> The Miami Dolphins weren't the only team to put up a large number of points, though, right? The Chiefs destroyed any hope that the Bears had left in Justin Fields in this team. The Commanders got off to a nice start this season, and then the Bills absolutely destroyed them on Sunday. Um, speaking of the Bills, they've looked really good since week one, you know, their loss to the Jets, where you know, Josh Allen threw three interceptions. That's beside the point. The Seahawks lit up the Panthers. They all, they scored 37. Okay, there's some worry heading into halftime in that game. But for the Seahawks, but they figured out in the second half, dominated, outscored the Panthers 25-14 to 14 in the third and fourth quarters. But I think the most eye-popping team, the team that grabbed my attention the most, that put up a lot of points, was the Houston Texans. Okay, C.J. Stroud currently looks like he should have been the number 1 overall pick in place of Bryce Young. Okay, he's currently fourth in passing yards. Okay, D'Amico Ryan's has elevated this defense. Third overall pick, Will Anderson has been solid off the edge to start the year. He's got a sack and five quarterback hits already. Like that's pretty solid production for a rookie. This like the Texans like this. This is not a bad football team. There's a lot of young talent. Uh, Nico Collins has played well. Tank Dell, rookie receiver out of Houston, he's played well. Like, this Texans team, they've got a lot of talent. Ryan seems to have a pretty good grip on things in terms of how well this team is coached. I mean, they just destroyed the Jaguars. Okay, the Jags were supposed to be one of the best teams in the AFC. I said they'd be the one seed in the AFC. And now they're off to a 1-2 and start. And they got, I mean, just absolutely manhandled by the Texans. Okay? then you know, we're going to get to another AFC South team here in a second, but... I thought this was nothing but incredible in terms of the performance by the Texans and surprising. Speaking of surprising finishes, let's move on to our next team. We're going to stay in the AFC South as we look at the Indianapolis Colts, who are currently leading that division. They are 2-1. and one. The Titans, Texans, and Jags are all 1-2. and two. That is insane. Nobody, nobody had on their bingo card that the Indianapolis Colts would be number one in that division at any point this season. Okay, Shane Starkin is off, Shane Steichen, excuse me, is off to a great start in Indianapolis. He was great in Philadelphia last year with Jalen Hurts. When Anthony Richardson has played, he's looked good. Gardner Minshew was the starter on Sunday, though, as they went into Baltimore and they won. And it was very obvious, obvious Minshew knows this offense. He commands the offense well. And it was on display in rainy, hurricaney conditions in Baltimore. Okay, the only bone to pick with this Colts performance was, you know, the field goals instead of touchdowns. You know, you kick five field goals. Hey, I mean, that's 15 points. We'll take it. Matt Gate was awesome. So much better than Rodrigo Blankenship has been in the past. Um, But yeah, like, got to figure out how to score six. They probably score more touchdowns if Anthony Richardson's in the game. He just adds that extra element of the quarterback run to the offense, which is a large large part of what the Eagles did well last year with Jalen Hurts under Steichen. He ran the ball extremely well. If they had had that element in their offense on Sunday, that probably would have helped them out just a little bit in terms of moving the football. But Steichen, look, he was able to figure out a way, though. He found a way to manufacture points with a backup quarterback against a tough Ravens defense. They also slowed Lamar Jackson down, who'd been off to a great start both throwing and running the football this year. Zaire Franklin... Linebacker for the Colts, you know, Darius Leonard, he gets a lot of the attention, or Shaq Leonard, excuse me, he gets a lot of the attention. You know, he's coming off, you know, the back surgery. Zaire Franklin has stepped up in a big way. The leap under Steichen cannot be ignored. Okay, like this Colts team looks competent. They look so much better than they did last year under Frank Reich. Watch out for the Colts. Like this isn't, you know, mark this up as a W when you see it on your schedule. Like that's not who this football team is. It's not who they are. They've looked good in every game that they've played. They just didn't play a complete game against the Jags in Week 1. That's why they lost that one. So far, of all the new head coaches in the league, Steichen looks like the best hire of the offseason so far. (coughs) We are three weeks into the season, and I still don't know if the Green Bay Packers are a good football team or not. Okay, They went into the fourth quarter, down to the Saints, 17-0. I know Derek Carr got injured, but... Packers come back and they went 18 to 17. Okay. You score 18 unanswered points in the fourth quarter. I don't care if the opposing team starting quarterbacks hurt or not. Like that is noteworthy. Okay. The Packers were missing multiple important players as well. No Christian Watson, no Aaron Jones, no David uh Be- Bechtari, however you say it. He was missing his best receiver, his best running back, and his left tackle, Jordan Love. Okay, because I-, I still don't know what to think about him. Okay. He looked like Jordan Love. He looked like he was missing those players through the first three quarters, and then all of a sudden in the fourth quarter he comes to life. Okay, he goes nine for seventeen for 108 yards, throws for two touchdowns, also threw, um, also converted uh, through the air on a on a two point conversion. Okay, and that doesn't include two big pass interference calls on the Saints that were both you know resulted in you know 25 plus yard gains. And he also had a big scramble on what ended up being the game-winning drive. Like, through three quarters, he looked awful. And then you look up in the fourth quarter, and he figured it out. He and Matt LaFleur, they did something different. It was really impressive, okay? I'll say it again. I don't know if these Packers are good or not, but they figured out ways to win close games early. Hopefully, as the year goes on, Jordan Love becomes more comfortable, reads defenses better, all those types of things. And I think that the early success speaks to how good of a coach Matt LaFleur is. I did a big rant on that earlier in the year. You can go you can go find that podcast if you want to listen to it. But he's done a good job in his first year since Aaron Rodgers has left. I'm going to keep watching these Packers. I want to figure out if they're good or not. They've been in entertaining games every game so far. They've been fun to watch. <laughs> When are the Los Angeles Chargers going to fire Brandon Staley? Okay, because this man deserves to be fired. He's, you know, deserved to be fired for a long time now. Okay, he made quite the decision to go for it on his own 25, up by four with a minute and six seconds remaining in the game. They went for it. Insane. I can't believe it. And, you know, I get that the analytics say, If you go for it and you get it, then, like, the game's over, right? But Chargers, they hadn't ran the ball well all game, and they decide to call a fullback dive, okay? If you want to go for it, that's fine. Okay, I get the analytics stuff. I get the coaches, especially Brandon Staley. Like, they're really into that, right, and all these different algorithms and things. But, look, if you're going to go for it, At least put the ball in the hands of your best player, please. At least let Justin Herbert be the one who makes the play. Run a little naked bootleg, give him the option to run and pick up the first down with his legs. Or find Keenan Allen, you know, running across or across the middle. Something like that. Don't hand the ball off to your fullback who never touches the football in the biggest part of the game. It doesn't make any sense. Makes no sense whatsoever. Brandon Staley deserves to be fired, especially after that call. But they won, so it's probably not going to happen this week, which isn't entirely bad for me. I'm excited to see what crazy, idiotic thing he does next week when they play the Raiders, but come on, Brandon. Come on. You're better than this. You're smarter than this. Okay, like I said, I don't mind them going for it, but you got to put the ball in the hands of your best player, and their best player is Justin Herbert. Okay, if Austin Eckler had been available... You know what? Hey, give the ball to him. I wouldn't have been upset at that. If they'd given the ball to a running back, I wouldn't be this upset. But they gave it to a fullback. Like, what? Golly. Golly. Brandon Staley. If he makes it through the end of the season, I will be absolutely shocked. (laughs) The final game I'm going to hit here is the upset of the week. Okay, the Arizona Cardinals beat the undefeated... 2-0 Two and Dallas Cowboys. And they didn't just beat them. Okay, Josh Dobbs not only outplayed Dak Prescott. Okay, he was more efficient throwing the ball. I thought he used his legs really well. They just they beat him. They moved the ball up and down the field against that defense. They ran the ball for 222 yards on this great front seven that the Dallas Cowboys have. And they stumped him in the red zone. Okay, this Cowboys offense in the red zone was absolutely terrible. But before I ripped the offense, before I ripped Dak, Let's address this defense, okay? This is supposed to be the best defense in the league. It probably still is. But the best defense in the league shouldn't be giving up 28 points to a journeyman quarterback, okay? The best defense in the league shouldn't be giving up 222 rushing yards on 7.5 yards carry. Shouldn't happen. Okay, this front seven should be the strength of this defense, especially now that Trayvon Diggs is out with the torn ACL. Okay, this defense has to be better going forward down-to-down. First down. okay. Because first of all, the offense hasn't looked great through these first three weeks. But we look at you know, the first two weeks of the year, they forced multiple turnovers against the Giants. They forced multiple turnovers against the Jets. They didn't force a turnover in this game, and they gave up 28 points. Defenses that are overly reliant on forcing turnovers are not reliable. And if that's what this defense is going to be, then we really need to take a step back and look at this Cowboys team as a whole and say, are, are they as good as we think that they are? Because when you play against good teams, when you play against good quarterbacks, they don't turn the football over. And... You know, the first two weeks, they forced a whole bunch of turnovers. They didn't force any this week, and they gave up 28 points, and they gave up a whole bunch of rushing yards, and Josh Dobbs was 17 for 21 when throwing the football. Josh Dobbs, 17 for 21 when throwing the football against the quote-unquote best defense in the NFL. They have to be more consistent down-to-down if if I'm going to buy into, you know, the Dallas Cowboys are good enough to potentially play in the NFC Championship game. If they get to that point, then who knows what can happen. Now, now let's focus on this offense, which I think is really the issue that we've seen, you know, not only on Sunday, but these first three weeks in general. Okay, Dak Prescott, he has to be better. Okay, this defense is good, but there are going to be games like on Sunday where they aren't elite and they don't force three turnovers. In those games, he has to be better than he was on Sunday. Okay, we all know how good and how talented this defense is. And if the Cowboys don't win playoff, don't win a playoff game this year, then there's no one else to blame player-wise. I don't care if you like Mike McCarthy or not. I don't care if you like Brian Schottenheimer or not. I'll be honest. I'm not a Mike McCarthy guy. I think Kellen Moore is the better offensive coordinator between him and Schottenheimer. But, you know, the Cowboys, they wanted to move on. Fine, whatever. The Cowboys, the biggest issue I have with their game on Sunday, they were in the red zone five times and only managed to score one touchdown. Part of that's coaching, but players have to make plays as well. Okay, the Cowboys not only were in the were they in the red zone five times, they were inside the 10 yard line four of those times. Okay, the one touchdown that they scored was a it was a 15 yard pass. That that's the one touchdown that they scored. Okay. They were inside the Cardinals' 10 yard line four times and they couldn't punch it in. They kicked two field goals, Dak threw an interception, and they turned it over on downs once. That is simply unacceptable. I know that they had three starting offensive linemen out. Not an excuse because they moved the ball just fine between the 20s. They were great between the 20s. But inside the red zone, they got to be better if they want to beat teams like the Eagles and the 49ers in the playoffs. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to compare the Chiefs and the Dolphins. Who's the best team in the AFC? It might be Buffalo, but I don't think it is. Dolphins, Chiefs, we're going to break that down here in a sec. We'll be right back with more Shooting the Schmidt. And we're back with more Shooting the Schmidt, Chiefs, Dolphins. Who do you like more? Who should you like more? Before we get into that, let me address very quickly why I am not including the Buffalo Bills in this conversation. First and foremost, we see them be great in the regular season time and time again, but when the playoffs come around, they're a no-show. Okay, that's who the Bills are, whether you like it or not. I'm sorry. Also, when we look at the quarterback position, before – I make this statement, let me be very clear. Josh Allen is a better quarterback, more talented quarterback, than Tua Tagovailoa, okay? Remember that as I say this. The issue that I have with the Bills does fall into the hands of Josh Allen. He could be extremely erratic with the football. In two years, the last two years, Josh Allen has not gone back-to-back games without throwing an interception. Since Brian Dable left to go coach the New York football Giants. Josh Allen has not been the same guy. He's still been really good, okay? But not the guy that we saw lose the coin toss against the Kansas City Chiefs, and that being why they potentially didn't win or play in the Super Bowl that season. Now, I'm going to talk a lot about DVOA here. The Bills are currently the number one ranked team in the NFL in DVOA, all right? Also, if you don't know what DVOA is, basically, it asks the question, what's the best scenario that could happen here? Right, because when we look at, like, average stats and things like that, then pretty much they can be inflated or deflated one way or the other. Like, um, if you want to look at a running back's yards per carry, right? But if they if there's a play on the one-yard line and they hand it off and he scores a touchdown, like, that's great because he scored a touchdown, but he only ran for one yard, so that hurts his yards per carry. So DVOA takes things like that into the equation and then they map out the best teams in football. Number one in total DVOA is the Buffalo Bills. Okay, Number two in total DVOA is the Miami Dolphins. That's a little inflated, though, given their offensive DVOA is almost 40 points higher than the team coming in second, and a lot of that is because of how they looked on Sunday against the Broncos and the numbers that they put up in that game. I want to be really honest here. As a Miami Dolphins fan, I want to say that they're the best team. But I don't know if they are. Okay. We've just kind of passed over the Chiefs. Okay. The biggest story with the Chiefs right now is this whole Taylor Swift thing. All right. You know, Travis Kelsey, Jersey sales are up 400%. You know, since she showed up at the game, all that kind of stuff. Like, it's a great story. It's cool. But it doesn't focus on who this Kansas City Chiefs team is. And that is really freaking good. Okay. And not just because of this offense, this defense is really good. You remember last year, you know, when they won the Super Bowl, that defense was full of young players that they had drafted. They still have them, okay? Like, this defense is nothing short of incredible. They're ranked ninth in defensive DVOA and they're sixth in offensive DVOA. They are the most well rounded team in the NFL right now, okay? Like, when we look at these other teams who are ranked in front of them, Like, the Browns are 4th. They're 18th in offensive DVOA. But they're so good in defensive DVOA, you know, they're ranked number 1, that they get brought all the way up to 4th. Okay? Like, this Chiefs team is very well-rounded, much more well-rounded than the Dolphins, even though when we look at this Miami Dolphins defense... Like they got a lot of really good players on it, like Christian Wilkins. Jalen Phillips is an emerging pass rusher coming off the edge. Jalen Ramsey's hurt right now, but he should be coming back, I believe, in December. Um, you know, uh, Xavier Howard, the corner on the other side, Javon Holland. Like, There's really good players on this defense. They have Vic Fangio, who is, reputation-wise, one of the best defensive coordinators in the NFL. They haven't been super great to start the season. They've been very average, I would say. Uh, their DVOA defensive rank is at 21 so i guess they're they're a little bit below average compared to the rest of the NFL but you know that at some point they're going to figure it out and i'm just really interested to see how this offense develops there's obviously the concern about Tua's health is he going to stay healthy or these small receivers going to stay healthy and i want to address one more thing on the dolphins before before i take a short break here Tua is not the reason why the Dolphins offense is the way that it is. The reason why this Dolphins offense is as potent as it is is because of Tyreek Hill. Make no mistake about it, okay? Seriously, I mean, I I was sitting, I was trying to figure out a good analogy comparing him to another team in another sport, and this Miami Dolphins offense, I think reminds me a lot of Denver, of the Denver Nuggets offense. And Tyreek Hill is Nikola Jokic, The entire offense for the Denver Nuggets revolves around Nicole Jokic and the way that he passes the ball and all the attention that he brings. It is the exact same thing with this Miami Dolphins offense. It runs the way that it runs because everything is filtered through Tyreek Hill, and every time he moves on a pre-snap motion, the opposing team freaks out. The reason why this Miami Dolphins offense is so potent and the reason why they can run the football the way that they have to start the season it's because you can't bring a safety down into the box because you got to worry about Tyreek Hill. Okay? And Tyreek Hill's been incredible, geez, to start the season. He's been so good. Now, with that being said, right, like the reason why the Denver Nuggets won the NBA Finals was because they had other really good players around Nikola Jokic, right? It's the same thing with the Dolphins. The reason why this offense is so good is because they have other players around Tyreek Hill, like Tua. Like Jalen Waddell, like Devon Chain and Raheem Mozart and so on and so forth. Like, there's a lot of talent, but make no mistake about it. The reason why this Dolphins offense is as good as it is is because of Tyreek Hill. It would not be the same if he wasn't there. So if you're a Dolphins fan, you not only have to be concerned about potential injuries to Tua Tagovailoa, you got to be worried about Hill staying healthy. Okay, because he is the engine that makes this offense go. Whereas with Kansas City, I know that as long as 15 is on the field, I've got a shot. Okay? Simple as that, right? Going back to Week 1 when they played the Lions with no Travis Kelsey. That game was close because 15 was on the field. And honestly, if they don't have as many drops as they do, they probably win that game. And that is ultimately the thing with the Kansas City Chiefs. As long as Patrick Mahomes is playing, I mean... I, I'm it's gonna be hard to pick to take anybody else over them. That paired with how good their defense has been and is going to be throughout the rest of the season, really hard to pick against them. So who's the best team in the AFC? I don't know. If I had to pick today, I would take the Kansas City Chiefs. As much as I love the Miami Dolphins, it's really hard to pick against number fifteen. And with that being said, that's gonna do it here at Shooting the Schmidt. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you subscribe, share with your friends. All those types of things. Go Dolphins. I'm excited for another great week of Sunday Night Football. Make sure you come back, listen to the podcast on Thursday. I'm going to give you my NFL picks for the weekend. I'm going to give you my picks for the college football weekend as well. So if you want to make some extra money to afford dinner, come back and, and get these NFL gambling picks. Once again, that's going to do it here for me. I'm Jonathan Smith. Thank you again for listening to the podcast. And I'll talk to you again on Thursday.